Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Alandari, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Hope Hickerson, and I'm a health education specialist and reporter. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician... That's me, and a health education expert... That's me. Talk about what you need to know to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. For more information about Noise Filter, your public health podcast, and to watch and share our incredible informative animations, please visit us at noisefiltershow.com. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. So let's get started. All right, everybody, welcome to Noise Filter. Of course, I'm Hope, and I just want to welcome our producer, Graham Patterson, to the show today. Dr. Derry is traveling, so Graham is stepping in for him. Graham is wonderful, and he's been on the podcast before, so this is a no-brainer. So, Graham, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Hope. You're wonderful, too. Researchers develop a sensor that can detect Alzheimer's years before symptoms arise. According to Neuroscience News, a team of German researchers recently developed an immunoinfrared sensor that allowed them to detect signs of Alzheimer's disease in blood samples from almost 20 years before symptoms emerged. Wow. Wow. The scientists say they hope to be able to develop a simple blood test that might be able to detect Alzheimer's before any plaque forms in the brain. The infrared sensor they developed looks for a certain protein marker in the blood called amyloid beta. When the amyloid beta protein is misfolded, it forms the plaques in the brain that cause Alzheimer's symptoms. So in their study... Researchers used around 300 frozen blood samples from the year 2000 when the participants in the test were between 50 and 75 years old and hadn't yet been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Using their sensor, the scientists were able to identify the 68 patients who had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's with high accuracy. Wow. That's incredible. This could be hugely helpful to Alzheimer's treatment. Clinical trials for drugs that treat the disease often fail because they treat it too late. Once plaque forms on the brain, it damages it irreversibly. So this tool that could detect Alzheimer's before anything is even formed in the brain could greatly improve the outcomes for this disease. So the researchers hope that their sensor could help identify Alzheimer's early so drugs can be applied at an early enough stage to have a stronger effect. The researchers founded a startup called BetaSense in hopes of developing the sensor into an accessible, market-ready product. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. Amazing. Yes, it is. How many lives would be affected, you know, in a positive way if this were to work and and be applied to to people that have it? Wow, that is amazing. It's what it's going to open some really interesting, uh, you know, I'm just kind of like thinking ahead and thinking if this tool is available now, I'd want to go do it. But then if I did it, 
that, you know, 20 years, I could be a little worried if I, you know, like if I found out like I was prone to this, but I guess that's also 20 years that I could be doing things to make sure that I minimized any symptoms that, that might, might spring up. So yeah, yeah really incredible. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, we, you know, we have the technology, we've been doing it with other diseases that you can get tested mm-hmm. and you can make proactive decisions. But, you know, this is the first time True. that I've heard of anything like this for mental health, right? Like a blood test for anything right. that affects our cognition and our full body like this. So I I, woo, I think it's amazing because it would help untold amounts of people. Yeah. And I think, you know, like when it, when it comes to the whole like red pill, blue pill um, ah, right. matrix, you know, scenario... Like, I, I guess, like, at the end of the day, even though it's a little scary to take a test like this and find out, I, I'm of the mind that it's like, I'd rather know the truth and let me deal with that yeah. directly than, than yeah. be kind of like, you know, like, in the field of the, the unknown. So, you know, yeah, really exciting, know. exciting development. I don't know what I would do, no? what I would choose, Graham. I really don't. Now that you bring it really? up, I don't know what I would choose. Like, it's like, if I'm faced with something, then I want to know the yeah. truth. Don't sugarcoat yeah. it. Don't beat around the bush. Just tell me. But it's like, yeah. do I want to go searching for it? You know? <laughs> right, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's yeah. an interesting question. It's a very interesting question. It is. It is. Marburg virus in Ghana. Marburg virus is an animal-borne hemorrhagic fever virus from the same family as the Ebola virus. Since scientists discovered the virus in 1967, there have been only around 600 cases. So Ghana recently announced its first ever outbreak of the Marburg virus. The outbreak so far included two unrelated men who both died from the infection. Local health authorities are prepared for more cases if they occur, and the World Health Organization is working with the local health officials to ensure they have all the resources they need should more cases occur. The Marburg virus disease is carried by an African fruit bat and can spill over to humans by contact with an infected animal or prolonged exposure to infected bats in caves or mines. Once a human is infected from an animal, they can spread it to other humans by contact with bodily fluids. There are many ways to be exposed to the virus, including caregiving, handling of the deceased bodies, sexual contact, any close contact, etc. People who are at the highest risk of contracting the virus are family members of people ill with the virus and hospital workers in close proximity to the virus. The risk increases without proper personal protective equipment and proper precautions. The symptoms of the Marburg virus are fever, chills, cough, headache, malaise, nausea, vomiting, sore throat, diarrhea, and symptoms of hemorrhagic fevers like bleeding from the eyes, nose, and even gums. Currently, the average fatality rate for the virus is around 50%. Wow, wow. Unfortunately, there is no definitive treatment for the Marburg virus. Healthcare providers aim to relieve patients of pain and resolve their symptoms as they occur. 
For now, officials are concerned with reducing transmission of the virus and limiting spillover events from animals to humans. Transmission can be reduced in various ways, including thorough cooking of animal meat, avoiding caves where reservoir bats live, and avoiding contact with patients who are ill with the virus. Overall, the virus is quite rare in humans, but from time to time, outbreaks occur, and this is the time when precautions and protective protocols become vitally important. Wow, wow. You know, Graham, this is the one time where I would say it's like, because I would never say this, but the silver lining of the COVID-19 pandemic is that at least now we understand what it means to have these type of precautions and and be socially distanced and washing hands. At least when we say we need to utilize these precautions, people understand what that means now. Definitely. And and hopefully something like this can be nipped in the bud before it spreads to even more people. Definitely. Thanks for listening to Noise Filter, your public health podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Noise Filter podcast. Follow us on social media and leave us a review letting us know your favorite part of the show. You can find me, Hope Hickerson, at HopeHickerson.com. And you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at The Dr. Derry. That's D-R-D-E-R-Y. To see and share our amazing animations and find out more information about us, the show, as well as links to our social media, go to noisefiltershow.com. We are grateful to our sponsors, including Access Health Louisiana and the End the Epidemic Initiative, who are working to bring equitable health outcomes to everyone they serve. Hope, any last words? Stay well out there, folks, and continue taking steps to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. That includes exercise, a good diet, getting adequate sleep, and seeing your healthcare providers regularly. And protect yourself and others by getting the COVID-19 vaccine and booster, wearing a mask, and social distancing wherever possible. Remember, health is a human right. <laughs>